are doing a show called The Midnight Mystics, which is uh, myself, Zachary, and my friend Jordan, um, who are fans of Duncan Trussells and fans of podcasts and fans of exploring consciousness and spirituality and all that good stuff. So we decided to watch all eight episodes of this Midnight Gospel show on Netflix that just came out because um, I thought the whole concept was really interesting and each episode gives us something to dive a little deeper into. So this is kind of the accompaniment for anybody that's interested in the topics that are discussed in Midnight Gospels um, to meet Jordan and meet me and uh, get to know us and join the community and join in on the conversation. So, which is, I plan on setting this timer for two minutes. And you have two minutes to tell me- Two minutes. The an- two minutes to tell me the answer of the question, who are you? Start the timer. Okay, no worries. Jordan, who are you? I am Jordan. I am the result of a 13.7 billion year cosmic evolutionary fairy tale, starting with a singularity leading up to a now. And uh, after so many things came to transpire, so many energetic things came together and flew apart and came together again and flew apart and came together and rotated and circled around each other. I eventually sprung out of the collective chaotic interspersion of all uh, seemingly random, but really probably ordered, uh, yeah, interchange of personalities until just the right people met and just the right other people did what they were supposed to do. And then I came about uh, eventually out of that. And then I started playing music eventually whenever I turned 13 and had a, had a lot of great experiences as a child and have had challenges in my life. and. Yeah, who am I? I guess what is a who, you know? Like, what is a who? I guess I more said what I am rather than who I am, but... What are you? A who is a what? What are you? I am a who. (laughs) That is what I am. Um, Yeah, I don't know what else to say, you know? Um, I, I am a little bit of everyone I've ever met. I'm a little bit of everything I've ever read or thought about or felt. Or, uh, you know, I'm the grand summation, amalgamation of all these uh, complexities. Uh, everything I've ever ate, and all the water I've ever drank, and all the air I've ever breathed, when trees, you know, who am I? I'm uh, the outgrowth of all of the interconnected energy, which permeates this beautifully, wonderful, phantasmagorically abundant beatific vision. Oh, beautiful. Sounds like a good, sounds like a good person to be. (laughs) It can be, it can be, it can be, it is, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's quite the biography there. It's quite the autobiography. Gotta keep it contextual. (laughs) Gotta keep it brief. I know, yeah, very, brevity is my talent. Not only did you cover your lifetime, but you also covered the lifetime of all lifetimes. Yeah, shout the out. Since the, shout out, shout out all life. <laughs> um, it's a matter of importance to me to be, let's see, 
it's a matter of importance to me to be lucid and aware of what you're able to be since I was able to see the lack of limits of an infinite and this is indiscriminate. It isn't narcissistic. Arson isn't always meant to be destructive. It's an art form. It is my attempt to start the fire that makes you art more and logic less because logic since the dollar has been off a bit. Um, something, something to bring you back to sanity emphatically, empathically. I plan to see you mastering the art of your experience so that everyone can benefit and on and on and fractally it blossoms into everything and mindfully we intervene, i.e. create reality. I used to hate this word, but now I know its definition and I learned to trust my family. I see all 7 billion. So I deem a time to DM to you all with my opinion and I pray to, one, to, pray to my creators that just one of you will listen because the light and divine truth is always inside you. I'm here to remind you that you are not what, define, not what divides you you traveled through time to arrive at this line and now you are in a vessel designed to invent and define truth. Illusion divides you, but you are the limitless vine through which everything vibes through. And it only reminds you that you are, I am the Illuminati of my own reality. I am not afraid of those who benefit from apathy. I am not a slave to any entity or anything. My mission as a cell is reconnecting us with everything. Inevitably, everything is bound to evolve because that's the nature of the fractal that we're all still involved with. Revolving around a nucleus, the nuclear really powers us, but I've comprised a theory that suggests we really power it. Power is the act of understanding what you're standing on. It is not the planet I was born from, though the mastodon is part of me. I'm partially a particle lost in time and space, but I'll remember when they're blasting me off that I am everything. Free from the pendulum, I may never be, but I control my darkness just enough to make a friend of it. Addendumless, my Bible is remembering the ultimate, and every channeled text is holy verse because we come from it, and every bleeding heart is my son and daughter, my counterpart, so I'll find the others and remind them that we have a heart. We're a part of God whenever we remember, and I'm sure now, endeavoring forever on a quest of showing more how the light and divine truth is always inside you. I'm here to remind you that you are not what divides you. You've traveled in time to arrive at this line, and now you are in a vessel designed to invent and define truth. Illusion divides you, but you are the limitless vibe through which everything vibes through. I need only remind you that you are God. Uh, yes <laughs> oh my gosh that makes me so happy it's so good we're all stranded in our little castles <laughs> our, our own yes. sanctuary bubble. yeah um mm -hmm. so this is our second this is technically our third episode that we're recording of midnight mystics um, which is a review show. Uh, Jordan, we've got that clipping thing. I don't know if that's coming from you or Alicia. Uh, let's see, you guys are both muted now, so you're muting yourselves, that's perfect. Can you guys hear me okay? Can I get a thumbs up? Perfect. Okay, so I had this idea to do this show, which was a review of Midnight Gospels, this new cartoon on Netflix, which you guys have both seen. Um, and I'm starting to regret the whole concept because that was so profane. Like that was so, like, what came to mind is shadow work when we were watching it and we saw like all this death and all of this kind of like torture and stuff like that. I was like, man, this is a bummer of a show. But what they were talking about actually offered a really interesting contrast of like radical acceptance, right? And like, I, I kind of feel like Annie's point was that the sooner that we accept that everything is temporary, 
the easier everything becomes or something along that nature, like non-attachment in a way. Did either of you pick up on that theme? You're both muted. Oh, I can unmute either of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to go first, Alicia, if there's anything you want to share. Well, I guess I can't help but just like respond to your question with like what's so alive for me about it, which is um, this, like you were talking about, you know, the, the juxtaposition of this like hellish nightmare scene. And then these words that Annie was speaking about love and non-attachment and death and acceptance. And um, I see that and I just see this like profound mirror between the society and reality that we live in now to what was being shown there. And the key to like transcending this reality to shifting this reality, being through the wisdom that Annie was speaking. And, and Clancy and what's the and male dog, I guess. I don't think he had a name, but. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just like completely struck by that. The contrast. Um, they, uh, Jordan, do you- And uh, this like representation. You, this rep, sorry, we, we do have a little bit of a delay. So this is gonna get edited, just so you know. So we can like, rewind back to what we were saying. Uh, what were you saying? I also just this like reflection of the whole story of this paradigm of these like parasites and their meat and like the air is clearly toxic and like the, you know, this like Hollywood glamification of this like destructive, insane society. And that like, as our heroes are going through this, you know, they're also speaking about like what it is to accept like the depths of this grotesque suffering that they are in and to like find that, that place of love. So it's like this reflection of our society and our current world and also a kind of revelation of what it is to move in this space to ultimately an ending that was completely like full of gratitude and love and like peace and so i feel like there's just like these rich seeds within this episode for potential understanding of the world we live in and how to like move into something else potentially jordan yeah i um what I know doing? it's not the question you asked, but that's a lie for you. Hey, that's what we're rolling with here. Yeah, no wrong answers. Just, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, there were so so many things that stuck out to me. Um, but first of all, about him picking his avatar as a uh, Braxis, uh, because a Braxis is like this ancient Gnostic uh, concept that like the kind of the rooster head with the snake feet and one kind of like dangly tentacle arm and another one that like has a shield and there are these old Greek coins and it was a concept around like 100 to 400 BCE. Um, it, it's a, the, the representation of like the grand archon or like this uh, creator of the physical and there was this whole relationship in Gnosticism to rejecting the physical in favor of the numinous and you know like uh, kind of 
seeing physicality as innately corrupt. And so I think that uh, that contrasted with what, um, what was the, the woman's name that was speaking as the deer dog? Um, Annie, I believe her name was? Whomever she was, she, she was speaking about uh, Annie, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So, and she was coming at it from like this. So, so basically the physicality is the shadow aspect that's being denied and being like, corrupted into this very like and it's the phantasmagoria of all the, all the things they were going through was so uh carnal you know meat just like meat is nice and all these things are in the background uh and yet annie's talking about like meeting the messy side of life with laughter and with the, like embracing it and you know i was thinking about elderly patients and like taking care of people that need physical assistance going to the bathroom like that one scene of uh <laughs> it was like you know, she was trying to help him go to the bathroom. It was such a like awkward thing, you know, especially in their situation. But it was just, uh, yeah. There's so many uh, dichotomies that are kind of like in play in that uh, whole episode. But. Well, when she, when he ha when Claire, Clancy had to go to the bathroom on Annie's head um, in the stall, I was just thinking like, oh, she is embodying um, like just. Um, what's the word like equanimity perfect equanimity with all situations with all things that are to come just like it doesn't matter like to us it's really gross because we put ourselves in that situation we go god that's a terrible situation to be in but um, I think her character is like through meditation and mindfulness practices um, I wish they had gotten more into her philosophies and her beliefs but um, overall like just pure acceptance, acceptance of everything in every situation. Um, that's interesting what you said about Abraxas being the manifester of the non-material into the material world. Um, I need to do some more research on that. But you mentioned the physical versus the uh, numinous. Uh, I'm curious what the word numinous means to you. Uh, just uh, ethereal, metaphysical, uh spiritual they're, they're all synonymous basically just yeah the what what's called non-physical you know i think it's just i think there's a false dichotomy it's it's a fuzzy line that distinguishes the two like because mind affects body body affects mind um it and the dualism seems to be just a really strong illusion so and, and our language is inherently categorical and we have to put things like this not that this is not equal to that whatever but sure. i think yeah, so numinous just meaning, you know, like uh, the, the harder to see, the, the more subtle, I guess, aspects of the inner, you know, so there's a lot of fasting and asceticism in the ancient practices. The Essenes and various people would wear uncomfortable clothing and, you know, even different yogis in times now will put themselves through incredible physical duress to transcend their sense of being just a body, just meat, you know, and like be this transcendent thing so. um alicia one of the things that uh, annie was mentioning was that um it's a challenge to laugh at that which is hard to laugh at but that there's a lot of therapy in uh laughing at difficult situations like finding that space i'm curious if that's something that you agree with I do think so, um, and uh, I thought that the 
cartoon was doing a very good job of giving an example of how to laugh at that moment um, with the, the, you know, the juxtaposition of the grossness that was happening behind her as she said that. And um, I do think it's important for us to be able to have, you know, they call it kind of gallows humor. Um, but not to the point that we would bypass the pain, but to find this kind of like intricacy of um, uniqueness even within the kind of the horror, the pain or the grief, like ultimately to transmute it. And there are many ways to transmute these affects that weigh us down and are heavy. And um, laughter in the right times can be a very powerful medicine for that you know, process of transmutation. One thing that I thought was really interesting at the end was she said, all pain turns into medicine. And I, that blows my mind. Mm -hmm. That blows mm -hmm. my mind to think about how every mm -hmm. single time we experience pain, we, we grow from it in some way as undesirable as that is to, to want to experience pain, that every time that we do, we change and we, we evolve. And, you know, thinking about death and thinking about cancer and thinking about all of these things, my brain wants to compartmentalize all of this as like, oh, those are bad words. Don't say those words because you don't want to invoke anything negative. But I also think there's a responsibility to address the truth of the world that we exist in objectively. So I think we need to be looking at these things because these are, these are, this is how we should be applying our work is to, to healing these things, right? I don't know. Yes, I, I absolutely agree with that. And, um, you know, it's like grotesque as the imagery was of this society. Like, again, this is a reflection of the truth of the world we live in. Like we, you know, slaughter billions of animals to feed ourselves. We rape the forests. We, you know, dig oil out of the earth. We poison our skies, geoengineering. We poison the water. We poison our food, you know, like, there, we live in a world that's like this, and there is a lot of darkness, many levels of you know oppression within society, um, and this is the truth of the nightmare in which we inhabit right now. Is a way that you could look at that. So we got to look at that, and ultimately, yes, I do think even within the depths of that darkness, of that pain and that suffering, which so many of us experience personally in profound ways, is indeed. The antidote, the medicine is within the sickness, the healing is within the disease. Um, I think it's a matter of, again, coming back to that process of transmutation and seeing ultimately how all, all of these expressions and experiences of suffering, of separation, um, are ultimately here as a part of us remembering our union with Source to help us to move through this like epic tale of forgetting and then remembering um and without that suffering that we hold as a part of this whole illusion of this, this dreamscape in which we inhabit we wouldn't necessarily have the right prompting um perhaps to experience the fullness of who we are you know i feel there's a defined order and a defined plan to all of this and so we can trust that there is medicine and healing within the suffering um, what we seek is, you know, right in front of us. 
um, but it, it's a matter of transmutation and how to shift that energy. And you are a therapist, right? You call it, consider yourself a therapist? Um, I have a master's in science of mental health counseling, and I have been a practicing therapist up until December when I closed my private practice okay. um, to shift my energies and my focus in uh, other directions. Are you currently offering any personal services to anybody that might be looking for um, healing or um like insight or counsel, like not official counseling, but it, intuitive guidance perhaps? Yeah, totally. While I no longer do like mental health therapy per se, that box doesn't work for me. Um, I do practice different kinds of soul purpose mentoring um, where I'm helping people to connect to their most true authentic self and bring that forward and be the medicine that they are meant to be in the world, um, helping them redirect themselves to their spirit ultimately. And um, I also provide divination, tarot readings, insight readings, things like that. So those are my services right now. Hey, Jordan, I'm curious if you wouldn't mind telling me what you think reincarnation means. Like, what, what do you, how, how do you define reincarnation? Uh, I think in one really practical sense is um, you are what you eat. Um, we reincarnate whatever we take in, like it, it becomes our body and we take on certain bits of it. It's like a, an exchange. Um, we are reincarnations of our ancestors just genetically, uh, not like, you know, perfect reincarnations. We're mutations, uh, you know, but I, I think there's like a, there are different angles to approach that uh, with it, like the more transcendent concept of there being uh, uh, transmigration of souls, which is, I guess, more of the like traditional Hindu, the ancient thoughts uh, across many, uh, you know, cultures, but popularized, I guess, in the East, um, in the Indus Valley. And yeah, I, I kind of don't really have a set uh, perspective on it. I just see a few different models that uh, some of which seem more on the harder to prove side and some which seem really tangible and uh, evidential like uh, I, I'm a rein if, if I act as much as I can like another person I've reincarnated them up to a certain percentage so I'd say it's a qualifiable or a quantifiable you can measure oh okay you like this kind of food you listen to that music you do this on Saturdays you don't do that on Mondays you you know and you have things that are different than that other person and that that's the extent to which you're not reincarnated by them. You're reincarnating some other ancient pattern, uh, but that the repetition of pattern is really what the, the thing is about. Uh, when you hear a, a song, it's like, oh, the chords are different in the verse and the chorus, but then there's the, the verse sounds similar, uh, similar melody, slightly different words, you know? <laughs> right, but a continuation. Just but a continuation, yeah, so we're, we're reincarnating ancient poets every time we read their poetry and uh, teachers of different concepts, we're uh, recapitulating their their impression of which they were an echo themselves of previous forebearers and uh, progenitors of all types. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, 
they Annie was saying that uh, we were all born with different issues which would lead us ultimately karmically perhaps into situations um, to learn lessons and uh, to, to transmute the issues the patterns are the signposts of the internal pattern that we came through to work out whether that's a part of the gene pool or however we came to exist um, that we are born with certain patterns that have us fall into the same routine over and over and over again in life and I'm curious if either of you have experienced that where it's like wow why is this happening to me all the time until you come to the realization that it was happening to you because you personally had to um, work past it like like getting to the end of a level in a video game or something like that if not that's totally cool too Well, um, I definitely have had those experiences, um, to be sure. Um, I feel like there's this piece of it where it's, there's always something that we hold, you know, like we can only ever really change our own internal landscape and our responses to things, you know, how are we responding to things like someone does something and I perceive that they are doing that to me because of this X reason and so forth and so on. And I have this automatic response and then I feel this way and then I hold this energy and I move forth and, you know, I'm like, oh, so-and-so did this to me. But then to like be in a place of witnessing with that behavior and to notice that these patterns um, are actually something that I am recreating um, and bringing that consciousness to it so it's not unconscious, recognizing even that like these different aspects of me that become alive in certain triggered experiences are like Jordan's talking about, we are our ancestors. And I believe that's not just physically, absolutely physically, but like spiritually, there is a connection spiritually. And you might even think about it like Richard Rudd talks about in uh, the Gene Keys, which is fabulous if you haven't explored it yet. Um, the 44th gene key, the synarchy, talks about the fractal nature of consciousness. And this idea of reincarnation is that we actually are our ancestors. Like, we are all part of the same fractal. There's not necessarily this one soul having all these lifetimes, but it's this larger consciousness that's all intimately connected, that is experiencing all of these different lifetimes. So you can kind of flash into them. So even that level too, like, spiritually psychologically because those are deeply interconnected the patterns that i inherit i have inherited from my like spiritual gene pool my physical gene pool my environmental gene pool like recognizing all of these different patterns that are alive within me are not even necessarily mine but coming alive to them in the present understanding that i can shift them i can change them and then that is like that that leveling up that you're talking about seeing that i've been carrying something unconsciously that's not even necessarily mine that's this repetition of pattern through time and space and dimension and i now as a co-creator am shifting it and changing it for myself um that's that next level of you know what i'm saying bless 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 thank you hey alicia you're a genius thank you i really appreciate you sharing your gifts with the world Thanks, Zach. <laughs> um, 
Jordan. Appreciate having this conversational <laughs> space. Yeah, Midnight Mystics, baby. We're just this is just the beginning. We got a lot to talk about. Um, we got a lot of work to do. Woo! And I love that name too. <laughs> Jordan came up with it. <laughs> Jordan, what what is the midnight mystic? What is the what what what's a mystic? What what is mysticism, Jordan? Or or do you have anything to say about mysticism? I got so much to say, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, mysticism, it comes from an old Greek word, uh, it's like mystikoi, something along those lines, I'm not pronouncing that right probably, but uh, roughly means initiated, so it's like someone who goes through a process of uh, gradual experiential revelation, of experiencing, knowing something by experience, and having a certain connotation where you start off getting the baby food, and then you develop your teeth, then you can chew on the heavier stuff. <laughs> Your stomach isn't ready to digest it. You know, that, that kind of metaphor of um, you have to build discernment and learn how to listen to things in a subtle way and understand metaphor. And uh, we were talking about one of the last ones about uh, Christ's way of, you know, saying to the public, I talk in parables and riddles, you know, but to the inside circle, I tell it like it is just plainly, you know, and, and what you hear told plainly go tell plainly you know because all things all things are going to come to light nothing will be hidden so a mystic is someone who generally uh seeks theosis uh in like the eastern orthodox uh, tradition that word has come to be associated with someone who goes through a lifelong process of theosis which is a gradual unification with with god and uh theoria is the penultimate uh achievement the gnostic experience non plus ultra uh where we get the word theory from which in the original sense just means observation um something that you've seen happen and that others can see happen you know uh so there's a a witnessable thing you know it's like my soul is a witness to uh itself almost like paul in his writings i'm not a christian just to say but i do have a huge appreciation for the bible grew up in that the Apostle Paul said, now we see as though in a mirror darkly, but then talking about like, you know, after we've all gone through the, the grand process of whatever this all is, uh, then we shall see clearly. But he says mirror, we see now as in a mirror darkly. And so it's kind of like the self seeking the self. Uh, the, the Psalm 42, my heart longs to, you know, as the deer pants after the water's in the river, so my heart pants after thee. Deep calls unto deep, and I wish to stand before you. When can I come and be before the face of divinity? And yeah, so that's uh, the mystics, like Rumi and Hafez. They're all mystic. We're all mystics. <laughs> Sweet. Um, did did is there anything about this episode that came to you? We're gonna wrap it up because we like to keep these short. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Alicia. Um, I'm curious if there's anything else about the episode that just you caught you as interesting or, or you wanted to share with this with this audience on this episode. You know, one thing that um, it, it's personal, but it kept coming to me was that I totally had a dream, like of this episode. Not exactly, but I, I had a dream once that was like a very not fully lucid, but a very aware dream um, where I was in this kind of like 
hell house of clowns and like darkness, like deceiving and like this, um, you know, they had the carts, right? Where they're like rolling the deer dogs. That's such a cute name to deer dogs along, you know, um, to like ultimately like they're undoing, you know, and like, um, that was happening to me and my husband Malachi, you guys know Malachi, that was happening um, to us essentially, but different. And it was just like this hall of mirrors. And so I just like kept thinking of that dream as I was watching this episode and being like, I dreamed this. So that's, it was super interesting to me that that came up. And I think that's another reason why I was just so struck with and alive about this, this deeper, um, meaning of what is occurring in this episode and the opportunities that we have to see um, important reflections of consciousness and like this gift that um, plant medicine ayahuasca um, which is behind me here um, and this vela here in this decoration um, has taught me is the importance of embracing the darkness um, to understand that you are held in the depths of love, even in these depths of darkness. And um, sometimes, you know, like <laughs> we got some hellish stuff happening on this world. That is truth. Um, and ayahuasca taught me you must face that truth fully uh, within yourself, within your own life. Um, and then like Annie speaks about, you know, that's the ultimate path to love, Christ. They talked about Christ on the cross, you know, and that at that moment of death, he felt love because he knew he was one with everything and all things. He wasn't dying for our sins. He was dying for his love, you know, his love for all of us as his one king. So just that... <laughs> interesting um you know synchronicity of my dream and, and the reflection of reality um bringing forth for me yeah this these importance of lessons of diving deeply into facing the truth of the darkness to ultimately face the supreme truth of the one life of the all that is that you are that i am that we are you know it's so funny i'm so happy to see you today jordan i just want to say because i think the first time i ever met you and really heard from you, you shared that God fractal poem at Own Culture. And I know it's not your poem, but you recite it so well. And I was just like, oh, yes, like this, you know? Um, <laughs> I'm like so deeply alive with like the fractal. Um, it's like God fractal and the fractal consciousness and like seeing the fractal and everything is like alive for me and like this episode has so much to say about the fractal nature of everything it takes way more than 35 minutes but true, true. it's good to open up the right it's good to open up our consciousness to having important conversations about things like this and like cartoons <laughs> cartoons man like you know um steven universe adventure time like there's some amazing anime like there's truth in cartoons and like, it's getting through the ethers of the matrix, you know, out there through cartoons. So yeah, having a show dedicated you guys to talking about this cartoon, I'm like, I got two episodes in, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to talk about this. This is important, so. Well, one thing, um, one thing. Bringing that... awareness to the truth of things, you know. 
I appreciate that. Um, one thing, uh, just I, I have to mention it that you uh, you were touching on with uh, with um, with our our ultimate soul's purpose being in service to love, and that love is always holding us, no matter how dark it gets. Um, uh, it, it happened real quick in the episode, but she was saying that what love is is generosity, and. And Raghu, Marcus, and Annie are real people that served for uh, Ramdas, and they they serve in Hawaii at his meditation retreat. And their foundation is the Love, Serve, Give Foundation. And um, in that way that we are all fractals, self love is giving to another, because I believe in the law of reciprocity. And so whatever we give to another person, we give to ourselves ultimately in that moment like there's no need for um a refund or <laughs> anything like that to happen it's like the refund is instantaneous because it's that transfer of care and the transfer of um, appreciation and gratitude and all of those things are encompassed in the experience that i feel when i think of what love means to me and um so yeah, the Love Serve Give Foundation is really beautiful. And I recommend anybody listening to this to go check out the Love Serve Give Foundation. And um, Jordan, I, I, I know you've been listening for a while. Um, do, you have any, uh, do you have any words for us? Um, love you guys. Love you. Uh, I, I like the song that uh, Duncan, well, Clancy sang. Uh, and he was talking about, oh yeah, I love worm songs. All the best worm songs of the 60s. Uh, and he said, down in the dirt I will fall because death makes me love us all. That was like his little song that he made up. Um, I just thought it was interesting. And how like worm, the etymology for the word worm is where uh, basically like dragon, like worm. Uh, there's this connotation that connects it with uh, dragons or serpent-like thing that lives underground, you know, and the whole connection with snakes, uh, the legs of Abraxas as avatar were snakes, and the caduceus and the, uh, the uh, rod of Asclepius, the, uh, the snake symbol, and also being connected to the venom slash anti-venom uh, analogy that Mike Alicia was saying earlier and like the episode conveyed, uh, that the antidote is within the, the poison, some mysterious way in a paradoxical way and uh so that gives great hope and alchemical hope uh that we can turn lead into gold uh within ourselves and in true wealth you know we can take that which is heavy and burdensome and we can lay that down like with the christian metaphor lay it down at the cross uh for the passion set before us for the joy set before us so we can discover divine forgiveness when we embrace our shadows come face to face with our own inner snake and poison that we can morph that uh and uh her book called hard laughter uh, uh you know that we can find laughter in the midst of tragedy comedy and tragedy those two extremes of our uh human emotion our dramatic interplay with everything so i don't know i, I took a lot of notes so i could say more and more but <laughs> well i think this is a perfect episode uh thank mm. you guys so much Thank you guys so much. Um, Alicia, we're going to go through Thank you. I all appreciate eight coming on. We're going to do all eight episodes. This, what I'm saying right now, is not going to be part of the podcast. It's going to get edited out. But I wanted to let you know 
that we're going to do all eight episodes of the Midnight Gospels, and then we're going to be transitioning into a book called The Cartoon Utopia. And I can send you a copy so you can read through it and we're going to study it together on Midnight Mystics after um, after we get through the, the show. And um, the show is going to air Tuesday night. Is that it, Jordan? Yeah, that, yeah, that's the Cartoon Utopia right there. Or is it, yeah, that's... What? What? Okay, yep. Please send me that. I will send you that. Just uh, send me your address. I'll send you a copy of the Cartoon Utopia. Okay. Yeah. Okay, wow. Um, oh, so come back. Come back. Oh. Thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Sounds good. Oh, that uh, would be great. That looks awesome. Uh, Alicia, where can we find you online? Um, at the Alicia Sunflower on Instagram. Um, and then uh, AliciaGleason.com. Okay. We will make sure that that information is in the uh, in the episode as well. All right, guys, have a good night. Sweet. Exactly. You too. Much Thanks. love, guys. Much love. Much love. So much fun. Thank you. See you guys. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks.